before we hop in with HGA, HGA, Lord Jesus, toe, we are going to quickly go through some developments. Now, the, the, the episode for Single Life would have already aired before this is coming out, but we are going to be covering that. I am going to blast that out to the socials so everyone is very much aware that we are going to be covering that. Very excited for it. Next thing that I want to talk about as well is HEA, so I slipped and said that, is coming on March 17th. We are going to cover that. And we also have 90 Day Diaries. So we aren't going to cover it, but we're going to cover it um, very similarly to how we cover kind of those bonus type episodes. We're not going to do like full recaps of everything, um, but we are going to um, we are going to cover that. So that will be discussed more in detail once we're back up and running. And I think 90 Day Diaries kind of is a little later in in something right in the beginning of the year. So um, I will talk about those things, uh, those up, those those shows on air. Of course, Single Life had already started, so that's fine. But when it comes to HEA and 90 Day Diaries, we will talk a little more about that. Um, but I will put that up on our socials much prior to this coming out, um, that we will be covering those. So if you have any, any questions, anything like that, you can definitely check out our social media and you'll have all of your answers there. So let's get into this episode. So didn't expect two hours didn't know that was going to be happening. So I'm going to try my very best to make sure that I don't forget anything in this episode. Um, because I still want to kind of cover everybody as much as I can. Um, so yeah. So for those who need to hear it, this is going to be, um, we'll see how this goes. It might be one episode, it might be two separate episodes. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, so the first couple we see that we're going to talk about on this episode is the continuation of the whole Julio and Kirsten situation. So we kind of step in with this recording of this conversation between him and Kirsten. Or basically she's saying, you know, like, why are you recording me? And he's saying, you know, you're talking to this other guy and I'm gonna, I was gonna marry you and all of this. Like, basically trying to insinuate, like, you're cheating on me, blah, blah. So she kind of says, like, I wasn't cheating. At one point she actually calls the guy and he says, no, no, nothing's happened to me. We didn't sleep together though, right? Do we, do, do we kiss? Kind of, in my mind, I'm really on the fence when it comes to Kirsten and whether or not she did or she didn't. What I find very weird about her, just to kind of close that little chapter up, what I find really weird about her is the fact that, number one, she blocked this person who's supposed to be her friend 
instead of opening that part of herself to Julio. Like, I can understand that maybe she's trying to protect herself and protect her relationship by really and truly lying to him about it. But I did find that very weird. And and then there's also the aspect of like having this phone call and he and she's kind of feels like she's kind of prompting him to say what she wants him to say. So it felt very weird. Now can women be friends with the opposite sex? Despite what Harry said on when Harry met Sally, yes, you can. But it's it's just this to me felt very weird. I'm not sure where I land. But then she kind of says, like, well, you were with another girl. And then we get the story about this girl. So for those who didn't watch the episode, here we go. Basically, he went to a wedding. This probably would have been, I'm going to assume the timeline is after she came to New York. And she went, he went to some wedding where he was DJing. He met this woman, and instantly they are liking each other on Instagram and friending each other on Instagram and going out on dates with each other and stuff like that. And he's still actively in his relationship with Kirsten. Remember, guys, he was supposed to be moving to the Netherlands. So she suspects that when he broke up with her, over FaceTime, the reason he was so cold to her was because he was already full-blown in this other relationship with for which he either has feelings for this person or he's in love with this person or whatever the hell the situation is. Um, I believe her. Hands down. I believe he cheated on her with this woman. He tries to, like save his ass a little bit here but it's very clear you cheated on her um with this woman that doesn't necessarily negate the things that she was doing but it could be very clear either he's a cheater or they're both cheaters i don't know where i land but i can say he is definitely 100 percent cheated on her i think in my mind, I feel like, I think we can all agree, this man was never planning to move to the Netherlands, despite the fact that he's like, I love to travel. I don't want to live here for the rest of my life, and blah, blah, blah. I do think his family definitely helped push him in that direction. But now, kind of finding out about this woman, it makes sense. You were never going to, because you were in this relationship with this woman. And what Kirsten says in this moment, actually, actually, after the moment, was when she says, his mom said it. She, his mom, if we don't, if we don't remember, because this was a million years ago, his mother said, he always lies. And I said, that is right. She did say that. So, I don't know what motivated his mother to say those things. Um, but, I mean, I feel like it's probably more about the fact that as a son, he's probably lying to his mother or other family members or whatever. But I, I will just say this as it is, like, 
you can lie to your own mom, right? Chances are it's not going to be hard to, to lie to a girlfriend. But here's what I'll say. I don't know where this woman is. I don't know if she's listening to this or who needs to hear this or whatever. What he did to her, he will do to another person. It's never going to end with this person. I mean, he he still has a lot of life to live before he realizes it's time for me to settle down and it's time for me to have a family if that's what he wants or whatever. Um, he isn't there yet. He's really not. But uh, in true Sean fashion, she does say, well, hopefully you guys can take these lessons that you've learned in this relationship and apply it to your future relationships. In other words, we wish you the best. But again, I kind of just sit on top of on top of this section. I don't know where I land with with these two. I do 1000% believe you cheated on her. Because I'm a little offense with her. I do... I do see the thought like, where it's possible to for them to just be friends, this, this friend of hers. But then I do see like the really weird aspects of this where I'm like, I wouldn't do that. Like for me personally, I would not have a, a male friend that my boyfriend isn't aware of. You know, like I feel like out of respect for my relationship and out of respect for him, he's going to know. And if he has an issue... Well, we can address that issue. And if you're really uncomfortable about something, okay, well then, I'm, in the end of the day, I'm okay to let go of a male friend. I draw the line with my female friends. But, like, we can figure that out, but I'm going to be open and honest with you. I think being open and honest goes a really long way. Because, I mean, I've, I've been very open here that I do have a friendship with my ex-husband that my boyfriend is very much aware of. If he were to ever ask me a question of like, oh, when's the last time you spoke to him? Whatever the case may be, I will answer him. But generally speaking, he knows that we talk from time to time. I was open and honest with him about that from the very beginning. So for me, seeing Kirsten not be open and honest from the very beginning is very, very odd. So it's really hard for me, but at the same time, did something happen or did was something said where she felt like she had to be secretive? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that's missing um, in this situation that I would love to have more answers to, but we're not going to have that. We, as the viewer, are not necessarily owed that, but... um. At the end of the day, Julio sucks. <laughs> really and truly. So, not to say that cheating is okay, but he sucks anyway, so it is what it is. But, yeah, those are my thoughts on uh, Julio and Kirsten. And here, you know what? I'm going to continue calling him Julio because he wants to act like he didn't have to be called Julio. Well, you actually, you actually were okay with it, so. Anyway, and then Kenny and Armando were next, and this is very short for the most part, 
but they have moved to Mexico City. Um, they are living in a safe apartment where there is like, I don't know if it's necessarily a security or a doorman or something of some sort, but they are in a home where, um, Armando at least feels comfortable. They did mention, I don't know if it was since they've moved, but they went out partying one night and they said that someone was kidnapped and, and murdered in that area of the club which probably spooked Armando a little bit, but as everyone kind of said, that unfortunately happens everywhere. I don't know if probably my true crime lovers out there know that this is unfortunately something that happens in every country, on every continent. Um, unfortunately, because we're never going to be ever short on psychopaths and killers and people who want to hurt you, you'll get that anywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, it definitely spooked Armando a little bit and you just got to take the added, the added precautions just to keep yourself safe. But kind of hearing him talk about like, you know, having to be a little more aware of your surroundings, um, Especially as a gay man, I could imagine just having that fear. Um, uh, and it just makes you kind of realize of, unfortunately, this is the world we live in where, you know, sometimes, you know, gay men or gay couples or women or whatever the case may be needs to always have their head on a swivel. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of, especially women listening to this that can relate to, you know, being in the dark and always having your head on a swivel. Anyway, so they do talk about that and then they do kind of discuss their journey with surrogacy. So right off the bat... I'm very disappointed in this, but Hema evidently ghosted them right as they were going to do the process of um, putting the, the, I guess, embryos um, in her, and she ghosted them, um, which is very unfortunate. I really liked her. I thought that she really wanted to do that, and I, I, I do wonder if... She got a little afraid because of the fact that her family really didn't want her to do this or felt like she was making the wrong decision and maybe being on TV also really spooked her. Anything is possible. I do really think that she wanted to maybe do this. I, I don't doubt that, but maybe she got spooked. But I, I'm really sorry for that because I really liked her. I thought she would have been a great addition for both Kenny and Armando. Um, so it's unfortunate. So because of that, I did delay the process for them. But they do have seven embryos currently. And they are kind of in the process of trying to figure out how many embryos they are going to put into their surrogate. If it's going to be one or two. Now, for those who didn't watch the episode... 
This is the dilemma. Number one, Kenny wants to do one because his thing is, you know, the one take, that's all we want. That's all he wants, really. For Armando, he wants to do two because he thinks, well, if one were to fail, we at least have the one more. And it will probably be hopefully viable and will carry the term. But for Kenny, his thing is, okay, but what if both are viable? Then we'll have twins. And he says, it can happen, which I think we can all agree, yes, that can happen. We've seen it with, like, K plus 8, for example, or for those who watch Out Daughtered, same situation. These things happen. So... And he says that is how he got triplets, was because they put three embryos and they got all three embryos to be viable. So that is his concern. And with him being now a man in his 60s, he is concerned about, like, that's maybe a little too much to have twins. So that's kind of where his head is at. Now, they did kind of say that the the other um, cast members were kind of saying, well, you know, if it doesn't take, then at least, I think it was Danielle said it, if it doesn't take, then maybe you can just do it again. And Kenny's like, yeah, this whole process is $74,000. Let me repeat, $74,000. So it was at this point when he said how much this process costs, then I'm like, I don't know which way you guys should go. I really don't. Because I understand both arguments. I understand Kenny's argument of, well, if both work, then shit. Right? But then again, if for Armando's side, if the one doesn't work, then we have to do this all over again. Um, at least we if I have two, if one doesn't work, then we have the other one, and that's going to be fine. Now, they did say the success rate is very good. If you do one, it can kind of be about 70%. If you do two, it could be like 80-85% chance that it will work. So, that's really great odds, even with one, that's great odds. But it's still, it's kind of still like, but... <laughs> What if we do the one and then that does work and you have to do this whole thing all over again? Like, I don't know what the right thing is to do. I understand both arguments, like I said. So, again, I mean, I don't know what I would do in the situation. I, I really don't. Um, and I am much younger than, than Kenny is and I, I don't know if I could do two, because what if two does work, and then shoot, you know what I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't know, so I really feel in this, they have 15 days to figure it out, but I really feel in this moment, it's kind of like, you know, if you are a God-fearing person, or whatever the hell, if you have your faith, or whatever your faith looks like, pray, or manifest or whatever you need to do to kind of guide you in the right direction because that's really the only advice I could give because I, I really don't I don't know I want them to make whatever decision is best for the both of them so I don't know 
But what was interesting here, too, is that um, Tim did weigh in here, thanks, Sean, about whether or not he thinks that this is the right thing to do. He does say that, you know, initially he was unsure about this decision. He feels like Kenny will do anything for Armando because he loves him so much. And also that he is such a selfless person that he will put other people's happiness before his own. And Kenny admits that, yes, he, he definitely does do that. He's done that with his kids. He's done that with Armando. Um, maybe done it with other people in his life throughout the years. And he's like, you know, I'd rather do that than, than be selfish. And I, I will say here is I understand where Kenny is saying but it gets to a point where, because he kind of says this in, in so many ways, it gets to the point where, when do you start living for yourself and stop living for others? When 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 does that when does that stop? You know, and you know, I I I understand your kids are your priority or your first priority, and. You will bend over backwards for them if that's what they need you to do. And I understand Armando's your husband and the same replies. And it's just like, but, but when does Kenny live for Kenny? Because I do worry whether or not he really does want to do this or he's doing this for Armando. I do believe him also when he says, I wouldn't have done this if I didn't want to. It's just, I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I want their happiness and if this is what is going to give them their happiness. I'll hire to them. But it's pretty much where we kind of leave off with them. We don't really... We don't know. We don't have any answers. I guess we will see them in a future season. Where we can get some answers. Um, but that's it for Kenny and Armando. Uh, for this episode. I'm assuming for... Well, me, Mike. Get a little more Kenny and Armando for the next episode because we didn't even tackle the conversation that went down between Armando and his mother. So I guess we will, we'll maybe might come back to them next week, but that's it for, for now. Okay. So Danielle and Johan, my God, there's quite a bit of information here. So I'm going to try my best to trying to remember everything, kind of keep this in some sort of, some sort of semblance of order here, but first of all, Danielle, Danielle, I don't understand you, because personally, okay, so here, here's what I'll say. We do find out here that Danielle and Yohan did see each other about two weeks prior, where she and Johan had dinner with his family. Say what? Come again? What? Why? Now, she explains that she did it because she has a strong relationship with his family and doesn't want to give that up. Here's what I'll say. Again, I understand this because I went through the same thing with my ex-husband where it was like I have built such a bond with certain people in his family that I didn't want to give up now for reasons that we don't need to get into 
I was perfectly okay to give up certain relationships with his family. Um, and I think he 100% was okay with that. But initially, that is a concern because it's like, I felt this relationship with them outside of my relationship with him. And I kept that going for some time. But I did not need to keep that going with my ex in order to do that. There were times where I was not speaking to my ex, but I was still speaking to, for example, his sister. So it is just like, you don't need to have the relationship with your ex in order to maintain that relationship with the ex's family. Now, can it get awkward and weird? Uh-huh. But like, I just didn't quite understand that. And I think Tanya even says that, like, you don't need to talk to him in order to do it, though. Like, that's a little weird. Um, especially because this man has lied, cheated, stolen from you. Why would you want to? I wouldn't want to. But we do kind of go through the whole thing about whether or not you on cheated or, or whatever. And he, of course, is saying, no, I didn't, I didn't cheat. And I don't believe him. It doesn't even matter what the fuck he says. It doesn't matter. You cheated on her. It is what it is. But at one point, she does kind of say, you chose our apartment complex because you were bringing back these women to that complex. So, explain that one, basically. Right? But here's what I'll say is, he's definitely said the quiet part out loud, because listen, here's what I'm going to say. I know with this situation, it is very divided as to whose side we're on. But let me, let me clarify. I'm on no one's side. I'm on no one's side. The thing for me is, Johan triggers me because I've been through what he's put Danielle through. But at the same time, I think also Shekinah says it um, at some point during this tell-all is, Danielle went after a particular type of man who was young and hung. And this is what you got. So I think at the same time, both things can be true. He's a manipulator, but so is she. So I'm on really no one's side here. I want to make that very clear. So we have him kind of being this cheating, disgusting, and he admits, yeah, I saw my dick pic and blah, 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 whatever. And I mean... Go on with your past self, fine, but when you're married, mm, not so much. <laughs> the only person should be going off with your bad self is with me, not with this random person. Or potentially, like, we're going, she, I think she says, like, there's like 50 of them, like, some crazy fucking number of women that he's corresponding with and all of this. And he says, like, well, if I had money, I wouldn't be in debt and all of this. And it's just like, keep it. So, like, whatever. Anyways, there is at one point he does say, I had a job 
100% true. And I could no longer do my job because she didn't want me working with women. That is 100% the truth, and I believe him. I, I believe him. I think that's that's very clear. And because of this, he wasn't able to maintain his, you know, have um, money coming in. But he did eventually get another job, so, you know, that shit can't fly much longer. But then at the same time, too, it was kind of mentioned where he's like, you want to have this extravagant lifestyle, have this apartment that's like 60,000 pesos, which is a lot of money. And I can't afford that. Which is also very true. She wants to live in the DR, but she wants to live an expat lifestyle in the DR. That is not something an average local person who is born and raised in the DR can maintain. So there is this weird medium where it's like, yes, do I think for a minute that this woman said to him, you're... You can stay home while I work and provide. No, she never did. This is not a woman who can work and provide for her husband. She was literally making cheap shots at him in the previous season about how you're my wife. <laughs> That's not how it went down by any means. However, I do think that this woman wanted to live an expat life in the DR when it's like, that's not realistic for somebody who is a local. And it's not realistic for you either. Ma'am, you filed bankruptcy. You can't afford this shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just, it's comical. So, it, it's just, I don't know, when it comes to these women and stuff like that, I don't want to say, y'all dumb. You're all fucking dumb. Because the thing is, it's like, this man is on fucking television with his wife. And I bet you I saw these women know this man is on TV with his wife. And y'all think you're all the only one? You're not the only one. You're never the only one. Not men like this. This fucker is, he, he's running ring. He's running a business. And you're all his clients. You're not... <sighs> not me, not I. It's... I don't... I don't understand it. But... Hopefully I didn't leave anything out when it comes to Daniel and Johan. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get much more out of them, but... I really do hope... She... Learns a lesson here. That just because the man is young and hung does not mean he is marriage material. Make a man stay as he is supposed to be. Your fuck toy. For however long you need to have a fuck toy for. You don't marry that guy though. You just don't. You have fun with him. But at the end of the day, their relationship to some degree was transactional. Whether it was ever her intention to bring him to the States. I think initially it was her intention to bring him to the States. I really do. I 100% think initially, maybe before we saw these idiots, that it was her intention to bring him to the States. But I think this woman is very well aware 
that living in New York is not is not cheap. I am in debt. I don't make a lot of money on teacher salary or whatever the hell to maintain my lifestyle as well as his. And I do think she thought it would be easier to live in DR. The only problem is that she didn't tell her husband that. So, but everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. This man used her from the beginning. But anyways, those are my thoughts on Danielle and Johan. DJ and Kim, this is pretty quick. Um, not much really here to um, discuss too much. But um, we do kind of talk about the argument between Kimberly and Yash. And Yash seems to be really handling this about, like, you know, it is what it is. And yeah, she got mad and blah, blah. Like, he seems to be really, <laughs> really handling this. Like, mm-hmm. she's fucking crazy. Yes, she is. However, <laughs> you know, she's fine. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and Kimberly seems to be handling it very well. As well on her end, um, she only regret she has with that conversation is her tone. She doesn't regret saying the words that were said. And here's the thing. I think from my memory talking about this conversation or this argument that was had, I didn't disagree with anything she said. I think I think that uh when you talk to someone the way you the way he did to her that day um, what what do you really do? And this is a thing. And I think, you know, kind of listening to Reality Gaze, Cray Cray after the fact, I want to clarify here that, and I think I did say this, the issue I had with Kimberly last week was not so much the fact that she was cussing off Jenny. I think we are very quick to forget that this woman, um, did maybe respects India, but didn't really handle living in India very, very well. She wants to talk about how she's ungrateful and she's this and she's that, but Jenny, you won't clean. <laughs> you won't fucking clean. And I think what needs to be kind of remembered here is Jenny's arrangement versus Kimberly's is at least Jenny doesn't have to live with his parents. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> Shit. You know what I mean? Like, it is a very different situation. So I never really had an issue with the fact that she was cussing off Jenny. I had an issue with the word that was used. Even if she says, fuck you, Jenny, or you, ma'am, can't buy fucking broccoli, or ma'am, you sound like a fucking chicken. I don't care what it was. I can handle that better more than you calling someone a see you next Tuesday. Is this so disrespectful? That's the issue I have with her. But coming back to this in this moment, she does say, I don't regret the words I were used, but I will say I regret my tone. I can respect them more because I feel like, okay, although I feel like maybe something should have 
maybe it has been avoided or not discussed. Your tone was an issue, so at least you addressed that, so that's a start. I can get behind you on that. But here's more that I have the issue, and it's actually not even with Kimberly, it is with TJ. Because this fucker literally says to, I think it was Andre, because Andre challenged him and said, this is your wife. And you're saying how you shouldn't be picking sides or you don't have sides to pick or whatever the case may be. And Andre calls him out on that. And TJ says, no, there are no sides. I can't pick a side. There are no, no, what do you mean you can't pick a side? As much as I understand that maybe not every time is completely right, she is your wife. And she probably acts the way she does because she's not getting any fucking support from her so-called husband. So I think that would piss any woman off, any person off. You're not getting support from your partner. So I'm just like, are you kidding? Man, uh, sir, just say my wife is right. You imagine how much happiness you'd have in those moments. <laughs> but I'm just, I don't understand him. There are no sides. There are sides. There is the right side and there is a side that's going to get a swift kick up your ass. Which would you prefer? <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, he kind of says, like, there are no sides because that's his brother, that's his wife. And this is, like, no business. Anyway, and again, if you disagree with your wife, that's okay. Disagree with your wife. But disagree with your wife in the privacy of your home. Where you can have those conversations with her and say, listen, I didn't actually agree with any of those situations or, or scenarios. But in front of your family and your friends or whoever, just to keep the peace, beside with her. It's really easy. Anyway, that's it for TJ and Kimberly. Let's move on to the final couple, I believe, that was discussed in this episode. And that is Holly and Wayne. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated all around by everybody in the situation, actually. Um, and basically that's, you know, Lane doesn't support Holly and Holly doesn't get it. And Holly has, you know, been living in the States now for four months and she originally moved back because her mom was sick, but now her mom's maybe better. She still hasn't moved back and doesn't have any intentions to do so. She says she's in debt and she has to pay it off. So she's going to work and she needs two more months. And it's just, okay, but wait. I feel like you moved despite the fact that your husband didn't want you to. You still move back. You have no contact with him. And, or you don't have at least physical contact with him. And then we do find out that you haven't spoken to him for two weeks. I'm confused. I'm confused by everything. I just, I don't, I don't understand. And, you know, at one point she kind of, kind of says like, you know, do you talk to him about his feelings, or is it only about you? We'll get back to that in a second, but I want to quickly talk about the fact that the argument on the table here is that Wayne doesn't seem to have any sympathy towards his wife and what she's been through. I will say, do I believe Holly was depressed? Yes. 
Do I also think that Holly knew what she was getting herself into? Yes, because she did live there for a longer period of time before moving there, what was supposed to be permanently. I do think that she was well aware of what she was potentially getting herself into. She still married him, but for the sake of this experiment, we're going to say this. <laughs> Everyone is kind of saying, you know, on the side of Wayne is not supporting his wife. Doesn't look like he cares. Kind of everyone is on that on that side. But then you have fucking Shekinah, who's like, but he is supporting her. And, you know, how does no one see that? How's everyone standing with her and kind of <laughs> saying, like, what about his emotional support and all this? So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it. Unless I feel like I said it last time, I'm going to say it again. There is some twin flame bullshit happening between Jekyll and Sarper. Because this whole thing of, you know, very much divine feminine and divine masculine bullshit that's kind of happening between these two. And I'm thinking, we should not be supporting cults on this show. Mm-hmm. No, we shouldn't. We should really get them off screen. Like, hmm, this is... Now, I don't want to discredit the fact that some relationship structures, some people want to have that more submissive, dominant um, style in their relationship, and that's fine. But kind of sitting there and very much mean-girling her. At one point, there was something that she kind of said. I can't remember what it was. Someone said something, and she's like, well, I mean, she kind of is, like, being bitchy. And it was just, like, that's not helpful. And I think what we kind of all need to remember, and I don't want to use her, her, or not was a condition, does this feel right, but what she goes through mentally, she doesn't use it as a crutch herself, so I don't want to, but I feel like people do forget she has ADHD, and maybe that is why she is dramatic in certain situations. I don't know, though, because I don't deal with that. I don't know anyone who deals with that, so I don't know if that can be something, but, you know, that was kind of it, actually, where she kind of, someone says, you know, she's dramatic, and she's what she kind of is, like... <sighs> I, I'm very much over Shekinah. I be, I've been over Shekinah from the very beginning. I've been pretty over Sharper from the very beginning. Um, I'm over, I'm over all of it. I'll be okay if I never see them again. Um, and it's just, if you want to live that lifestyle, Shekinah, fine. Fine, by all means. Don't try the rest of us into it. We don't want any part of it. Okay? I don't believe in twin flame bullshit because of the cult. <laughs> so, I know. Just cut the bullshit. Really, really. Anyway. Um, I think the next kind of thing that is brought up here in this conversation is the fact that do they see themselves being a married couple mainly? Because Wayne, do you see yourself still as her husband? And 
He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's kind of saying that where he doesn't know. And that they still need to have a conversation. They haven't spoken to each other in three weeks or whatever it is. And, you know, she says she doesn't have any intentions of going back to, this, to South Africa. But it's also funny because she, she moved to be ordered to pay off her debt. So, which is it? And um, she does say that she went back because her mom was sick, which I do believe. But I think it was also very convenient um, for her in her timeline. So, And at one point she does get up and uh, run away in true Holly fashion. But that's basically where this episode ends. We do kind of see that there's more to come, obviously, in the final installment of this episode. And, um, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a lot. We haven't even tackled Mary and Brandon, so I think that's coming up next in the next episode. I think we are going to go back a little bit to um, Shekinah and Sarper. Um, I'm not sure who else we're going to talk about, but it's happening in the next episode. So that's basically it at that. So this is definitely going to be its own episode because I've been going for about 46 minutes. So that's it for for now. So when it comes to episode four, four, three, I don't even know anymore. Episode three, the final episode of the tell-all. Surprise, we're going to be doing a full recap. So this ends this episode. The full recap will be its own episode. So that you should be getting fairly soon. So that is it for this episode of Toe.